23 years, all dermatologists could offer me were steroid creams, UV therapy, and antibiotics. When they stopped working for me, they offered me Dupixin injections, a lifetime dependency on drugs. What if I told you you could heal yourself naturally? No drugs, no medicine. This was me a hundred days before healing. This is me, today. You see, Western medicine doesn't address the root cause of the eczema. Steroid creams and depixent are just masks, band-aids. The problem lies in the gut. The chemicals and the anti-nutrients in the food you are eating are penetrating your gut lining, alarming your immune system which is causing the eczema on your skin. In 100 days, by changing my diet, I went from dying to the most healthy I've ever been in my life. I was born with eczema. Today, I am free. Hey guys, bonus episode for you all today, especially for all those aspiring carnivals out there. In this episode, I talked to Bradley Marshall from Australia, whose video went viral on social media last week when he cured his extreme eczema with the carnival diet when his doctor said it was incurable. I literally recorded this episode this morning and it's being released on the same day, so big thanks to the Hellspot team. Anything spoken on this episode can be found on the description below. Please don't forget to like, share, follow, subscribe and leave feedback to help my channel going. Enjoy. The man of the hour, the man of the week. How's things, yeah. man? Yeah, I'm good. Hey, what was your name, brother? It's uh, Omar. Omar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so I'm much. Trying to find your name around. online, and uh, all I could find was the health spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, you know what? I've noticed that when I do uh, these podcasts, um, some people don't actually mention my name, and I think it's because I don't actually uh, write it anywhere. So uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, how's how's life been so far? Yeah, it's been good. I yeah. feel fresh. I feel healthy. You look um, healthy, yeah. You left definitely yeah. healthy. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, I've just been. Life today is. I uh, well, I go to the ocean every day. I'm always eating my carnivore diet, more animal based these days. So I'm eating. Lots of fruit, lots of, uh, well, not, not as much fruit, like not lots. I'm eating 95% meat and 5% of the time I'm eating fruit. So that, that doesn't include citrus fruits or berries, but just like I'm eating a variety now of avocado and coconut and a bunch of fruits. But basically before when I was first healing, I was just eating avocado and coconut. But these days I've expanded it to like apples and they have to be all organic, so apples and bananas and and watermelon and a whole bunch of fruit which is great so i've expanded my diet that's what i'm doing and apart from that i you know I use a sauna and fitness and these days i'm actually starting to uh um i'm trying to like obviously uh expand in in, in the sense of I'm, I'm writing so all day today i was writing a, a little novel that i'm <laughs> interesting okay very cool. soon <laughs> cool all right so we'll get into that so before we begin you could let the listeners know 
who you are and why you like the flavor of the week right now on social media. Yeah. Um, I just ask, is my volume okay? Totally fine, mate. I can hear you perfectly fine. All right, great. So yeah, um, I think to answer your question, uh, in the last week, literally, my I, I, I've basically just gone viral in Brazil and around the whole world because my story is I cured my eczema. I cured myself completely of an incurable illness just by using holistic medicine, which is diet. I mean, a lot of doctors say that leaky gut or um, in, in increased gastrointestinal permeability is not a real, a real issue. It's not a real sim like it's not a real disease. So they discredit this completely, but there is medical information and there's many medical journals that actually go into it and say it is a real condition. So there's no question as to whether um, increased gastro, uh, gastro, gastrointestinal permeability is a real thing. There's no question of that. That is a real thing. Where there is a bit of uncertainty is whether it co correlates to people who have eczema or people who have autoimmune disorders. That link between uh, you, what you eat actually piercing the endothelium lining, which then brings, which then inflames your autoimmune, uh, inflames your immune system, which then causes the eczema. So what I decided to do was I spent 26 years of my life addicted to steroid creams. Is that how and, long you had eczema for? Oh, I had it since I was born. Oh shit. Yeah. So, I mean, in the last three years, it was really debilitating. That's all the photos you see online. That's the last three years. So majority of my life, I actually managed to control it fairly well using steroid creams. And how many steroids, so the, well, how many types oh, of creams were you using? Because like on oh, that video, so mate, many. there were so many. So were, there, <laughs> were they all the medications that you were going through as well? Well, I've, I've used a plethora of medications. So I've used like, it, it's just gone up with time. I mean, so many names in Australia, I'm not sure how they translate to around the world, but people might be able to resonate with these names, like Alicon, Advantin, Diprazone, uh, just so many corticosteroids building up. And not just that, I had a plethora of Western medicine that I tried, uh, uh, therapies. For example, I tried UV therapy, where I'd be in this basically a solarium of these UV panels, where I'd have to wear these glasses because the intensity of the light was so strong that it could burn your retina if, if you don't cover your eyes. And so my whole body was being irradiated every day. I'd have to go there after school every day and it'd take about half an hour to drive to this place. And my dad would say to, to the doctor, is this UV treatment? Is this actually, does this cause cancer? I mean, solariums cause cancer and this is basically a solarium. Like, and so I was concerned, I, like he, the doctor basically said, no, don't worry. It's all benign. But then just recently, like I was applying when I said recently about two years ago in my journey, it's recently. So I, I was applying this cream called Aladel on my face, my whole life. Some people are very like they use steroids on their face and it's very unfortunate if you were to use steroids on your face, because these people 
when you're suffering from topical steroid withdrawal, which is another syndrome that the doctors don't believe is true, or just recently uh, started to concede that it is a real thing, uh, their face, basically topical steroid withdrawal is where you apply these drugs your whole life and your body becomes dependent and addicted to the drugs. And the moment you stop using it, the body just falls apart. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, well, eventually the thing is it stops working. So that's exactly what happened to me in the last three years of my life. I was using wow. steroids for like for tw uh, 23 years. And basically when I was 23, the steroids stopped working. So, I mean, that coincides with the start of the pandemic. So people were saying, oh, maybe it's COVID or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the fact that you're indoors so much, but like I was indoors quite a lot throughout my life. I mean, I was like a high achiever in school. So I spent like eight hours plus just studying inside. So it wasn't that, um, I knew it had to be something external, something different. So it's such a long story. I could go into it in more detail soon, but basically yeah. I'm pretty sure it was topical steroid withdrawal. And that basically means that I was, the doctors were prescribing higher and higher and higher potencies, concentrations of these steroids until eventually the top potency stopped working. And my body, which is drug addicted, just like one is to say heroin, just it stopped working because I reached the highest dose. And then I just, I had to, I was forced into withdrawal because it stopped working. So I, I just stopped taking the medicines and then my skin broke out for three years in agonizing, debilitating pain where I'd no longer be able to move my neck or, or oh my sleep. God. And yeah. it was just, it was just horrible. It was horrific. Oh man. Like yeah, hell on I, earth. I saw it I was in the video. You can tell. And, um, once he got to that stage with the creams, uh, like what did the doctor say then? Because it sounds like they were just ran out of options. Yeah. Well, the doctors were basically just saying, yeah, we, we can't offer you any more steroids, but what we can offer you is this amazing new drug which has just come out in the last five years and you inject it into your body. And at the start, I was considering it thinking that it was one injection, but they said, no, it's not one injection. It's two injections per month, which means you'll be taking 24 per year. And in 20 years, about 480 injections. And I just said, you know what, this is ridiculous. I, I'm already withdrawing from, from being, molested if you will by these huge amount of drugs for 26 years and now you want me to have more drugs that's only five years old and that's gonna i'm gonna be on indefinitely for the rest of my life i just i was just so disillusioned i said mm -hmm. i'm not gonna do this so i mean not just that if you look into the side effects of dupixent i mean it's people get upset when you say it's a an immune suppressant because it's not exactly an immune suppressant Methotrexate is another biologic, you call it an injection that does suppress the immune system, but Dupixent's new in the sense that it's specifically designed for people with eczema that it targets a protein called interleukin, which is not the whole immune system. It's just one cytokine that's responsible for the inflammation in your skin. And so they say, yeah, it's not an immune suppressant. It's just targeting that one thing but it's still not safe because it's not addressing the root cause. And that's the frustration I had with Western medicine. Nothing addressed the root cause. They were all band-aids. They were all just covering the symptoms from expressing themselves. And so if I'm eating things that are toxic, if I'm poisoning my body, I no longer have a ventilation system for my eczema to, or for my 
problems to actually express itself on the skin. You want that toxins to be released. You know, you want those toxins released. But by suppressing it with dupixent or steroids, you're actually disallowing it to be released. And so it starts manifesting itself deeper. And there's scientific research to prove this. And this, that this is the reason people who have eczema often have asthma and allergies. It's because you're suppressing it from expressing itself and it then manifests deeper into your body via asthma or allergies. And so I had all three. I had allergies to nuts and legumes as a kid very strongly. I mean, to the extent that if I ate fava beans as a kid, like I would be severely anemic. I'd have this thing called hemolysis where it would actually trigger blood to come out in my urine. So like, God, fortunately, I never ate fava beans because I was too scared for that. For that happening yeah. but um yeah i mean as an aside there, there is an advantage to that I'm, I'm half filipino half australian so the reason why the advantage to this it's called g6pd deficiency it actually gives you an immunity to malaria it's a genetic uh, variation and so people who live in the philippines there's, there's dengue which is like malaria and yeah. so it gives you that variation in your genes so that you're immune to it but at the same time you're allergic to fava beans and so anyway i was allergic to many things nuts included and kiwi fruit and so i had allergies i had asthma and i had eczema and all that western medicine was providing me was this band-aid solution that really didn't work long term or wasn't addressing the root cause it was just masking the symptoms and, and what that's point, just like sorry what point did you think like okay um i have to think of another way at what point was that like right at the end where it's like when they, yeah, well, they offered injections you're like forget this i'm going to start looking into this my, on my own yeah so i was going to the hospital like every six months i'd be in the hospital because because the eczema would just be so bad that i'd need antibiotics again and i'd need more um, steroids oral tablets and so there's just so much side effects from doing that you can get like like I forget the name, but you become overweight because you're using so much steroids and it's just so many side effects. And I just realized that every time I went on these steroids and on these antibiotics, I'd be healed transiently for two weeks, but afterwards it would just bounce back twice as bad every time. So I said, you know what, this is actually making it worse long. This is like temporarily curing me, but making me worse long-term. And this, this is all Western medicine has to offer apart from this new drug depixent, which I really don't want to go on because if you look at the side effects, people have conjunctivitis and, and then the way they handle that is by prescribing you more steroids to deal with the conjunctivitis. And the worst case scenario with that is your eyes become dry and it's so dry that it starts to form ulcers on your actual eyelids like wow. ulcerations because what? it's scratching your eye that much and then which it can cause opacity in your cornea which can then cause blindness um, so i mean if a doctor is listening to this straight away a traditional doctors yeah but that's rare that's not going to happen but wow. but the thing is i actually went on to these i mean i was already very distrustful of these doctors because they were saying that topical steroid withdrawal is rare but i was already going through it yeah. So I felt like I was being gaslighted all the time. Like when I was 13, I went up to doctors and said, is there a link between eating gut health and eczema? Because every time I eat McDonald's, I feel like my eczema is breaking out. There's no, 
There's yeah. no correlation. And these guys, these guys just... aren't trained in food. Um, like I, no, I don't no. know, I don't know in Australia, but in the UK, well, one nutritionist that I follow, he said, I think he said, like in the whole uh, medical school, medical schooling for a doctor, for a GP, um, they get trained probably like I think it's between the fourteen hour. hours. Yeah. Oh, something like that. Yeah. 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 It might. It might be like that. But it's very like let's talk about vitamins and that's it. There's no link between that's disease yeah. and food. Yeah, that's what Paul Saladino says. He's a doctor and a carnival practitioner. Yeah, I follow him. Says, I follow him. Yeah. Yeah, and he says if you go to medicine school, it's just about linking what disease you have to what drug is it going to give you. Yeah. It's like yeah. oh yeah, you've got that. So this is the drug you need. And never. And then Sean Baker says it's like people dropping um, eggs from a roof, and then you're just catching catching all of the before it's splatters on the ground it's just like instead of catching it all the time why don't we just stop the guy from throwing the eggs in the roof exactly so, that's what we're talking about the root cause right because um that's right my, i've got uh, my one of my colleagues girlfriends she's actually studying to be a doctor and i'm always asking these kind of questions because i'm a nutritionist as well so uh, yeah. i was just curious like oh what's what's the training like because you're you know you're just starting your medical schooling and she's like all they're doing is saying there's a this is the this is medication that you use for this disease and these are all the side effects that can happen and then here's another medication to cover that side effect so it's just like mm. a, an ongoing scenario where you're just you know packing on medication on top of medication on top of medication which is yeah, quite yeah. similar to you know your experience right exactly right i mean i was i was doing multiple medications at the same time so i was doing uv treatment and elidel so this is what i was actually going to say um, previously, whatever, I never got to for some reason. Uh, I was saying recently, I, I discovered in the last two years that if you use Elidel at the same time as you do UV treatment, you have a higher, it, it actually says on the, on the label, do not do, do not do this in conjunction with UV treatment. Do not use Elidel and UV treatment together because oh. you have more, um, tenant, uh, you're more prone to getting cancer. And, and it's like, they tell you not to, and the doctor's like, oh, it's fine. I mean, how much are you going to say it's fine? It's like the, the wings of the plane is falling <laughs> off and you're saying it's fine. Don't worry, I we'll mean, just float away. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I was so disillusioned. And then I went back to these doctors after I healed myself. And I was just like, look, I've healed, completely healed myself. And she's like, that's amazing, Bradley. What did you do? Well... I completely stopped all your medicines. I'm no longer using anything that's Western medicine. I'm just completely healing my diet because of this book, which is from Paul Saladino, The Carnival Code. And he just looked at me and he was just like, you know, there is a bit of eczema still on your neck there. You still oh have a bit of dryness. God. So, like you, you know, you, you should have showed your hands just like that because I'm looking at your hands, mate, all the time when you're speaking, comparing that to the yeah. video. And, mate, it's just yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and it, I mean, the audacity, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't have a vendetta against doctors. I've got many Same. friends who are doctors. In fact, you know, I'm very interested in studying, um, further studying in that, in that arena because I've already got a bachelor of science and now I'm doing a postgraduate, um, degree in biochemistry. So I really want to like get into that field. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in science. I'm not actually anti-science at all. What I'm against is corruption in medicine, which I think has been infiltrated by, you know, big pharma. profiting off sick patients. That's exactly right. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. So like what made you, uh, is it Paul Saladino's book that mm. made you look into the carnivore diet? Cause why not other diets? Cause like there's so many diets out there. And, um, I must say I'm not a carnivore advocate, but I am open-minded. 
And yeah. when I and when I saw your video, I'm like, mate, like if it worked for you, like why not? Like why not yeah. look into the carnival diet? So uh, yes, yeah, so I'm interested to hear from you, like why the carnival diet and why not other diets? Because I I think there's other people who say, oh, just have loads of vegetables or um, yeah, I know the things stuff like that. So why? Yeah, if you could go walk me through that. Yeah, well, I think everyone's different, so I don't think that the carnival diet would work on everyone. I need to double check my blood type, but I know that my mum is blood type O and I'm, I'm pretty sure, I think I'm blood type O and many nutritionists say that eating a carnivore diet actually works very well with people who are blood type O. So they just go together. So I'm not saying the carnivore diet may work with everyone. I'm saying that it's possible to heal yourself naturally. And I would strongly suggest against a lifetime dependency on big pharmaceutical drugs. That's what I advocate the most. I just happened to heal myself using a carnivore diet. The other thing that I also like advocate is that meat is constantly vilified all the time saying it causes cancer, it causes heart disease, you'll get uh, constipation, uh, you'll have gout, you'll die of all these number of diseases that they, that they, I, I just think it's, a form of propaganda because I mean, Paul Saladino actually deconstructs it very scientifically and very um, vividly in his book that every single qualm that you might have against the carnival diet, he unpacks very scientifically. And so by the end of it, I was completely convinced that, I mean, 2 million years of human evolution have been eating nothing but meat most of the time. I mean, humans have survived through ice ages and there's no, there's not much plants available during those times. And I and always say, it, sorry, I must always say that, um, I always say that if you're ever on an island and you, there was a chicken running around, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's exactly what Paul Salino says. He says the majority of plants are inedible and the majority of animals are edible. And if you look at, there's a book, uh, by, oh, anyway, it's called into the wild. And it's about a guy called Christopher McCandless, uh, John, John Krakow, I believe he's the author's name is. And, uh, basically he died. Chris McCandless, there's a movie made about it. It's very famous. And the guy died because he just saw these, uh, plants. I forget. I think it was potatoes, these wild potatoes and decided, decided to eat it and he was poisoned. So, you know, if you actually were to live in the wild, Majority of plant foods will kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, the a lot of, there's a lot of preparation to eat these foods as well. Like, for example, kidney beans, if you just saw it in the wild and you ate it, you'd die of poisoning. Yep. That's but you'll exactly have, right. You'll have to soak them overnight. There's a lot of, like, planning and preparation. So, yeah, it's very interesting that, you know, the animal, the animal food versus, like, the plant food argument, isn't it? Yeah. And, like, just off the top of my head, I, I don't want to say anything that's misinformation, but I'm... I'm I've just researched this recently. Majority of a lot of foods that are vegetables have actually been bred, like genetically modified with time. Like not genetically modified, but bred like you would like like dogs, like breeding them. Like it's actually been bred in such a way that the seeds have been removed. It's hybrid hybridizing, isn't it? Hybridizing. There you go. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like like the bananas I have here are not the same bananas that were initially made like they had more seeds in mm -hmm. them like if you look in them you can actually see the seeds very um faintly but they i believe they have more seeds yeah so so they've been hybridized or they've been bred in such a way 
to so that humans can tolerate them without feeling gastrointestinal distress. And uh, so, so basically, the point is, if you were to live in the wild, it's it's it makes sense that for two million years of evolution, we've been eating mostly meat, and we can thrive on this. And Inuit tribes and the Maasai tribes thrive on this currently. And if you actually look at the medical documents of them before they were introduced to carbohydrates and processed sugars in in like the 1950s, they had one, one only one percent of the population had diabetes and chronic illnesses and atherosclerosis, whereas at the same time in America, 33% of the population had atherosclerosis and cancer. So they were just thriving before carbohydrates were introduced. And so, I mean, I could, I could spend hours just dissecting yep. all of that information. That's what, exactly what I do on, the, on my Instagram anyway. But um, because many people have just been fed this propaganda Another amazing book is uh, The Clot Thickens by Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, where he yeah. talks about this thing called the diet heart hypothesis, where most people believe that cholesterol is the reason why people have heart attacks, but it's actually nothing to do with cholesterol. It's to do with sugar. Sugar is what damages the LDL. The LDL is thought of as bad cholesterol, whereas HDL is thought of as the good cholesterol. So LDL is like attributed to you having a heart attack if you have too much. Like the doctors, when they saw my blood test, said, your LDL levels are through the roof. You're going to die. You need to go on statins. And I just laughed because I knew exactly that they were wrong. Yeah. Um, because LDL has nothing to do with heart attacks. It's just like a fire truck being out of fire. It's the, the fire truck's not causing the fire. It's the I mean, no, the fire truck's not causing the fire in the house. It's the fire itself. So LDL just happens to be there. The problem isn't the LDL. It's the sugar that you're consuming in conjunction with cholesterol. Because the sugar um, glycates the LDL which, and it damages it, forming um, a glycated version of LDL, which then forms the atheroma in your skin, uh, atheroma on the end, uh, endothelium lining of your vein, on your, of your arteries, which then causes the blockages, which then causes the atherosclerosis. So it's actually nothing to do with the LDL. It just ha LDL happens to be there. It's the sugar. And, and uh, that's responsible. And Paul Mason, which is another carnival doctor, goes right through this. So to answer your question, why do I, I mean, how did I find the carnival diet? How do I, why do I advocate it? First of all, it, it healed me up very quickly. What kind um, of changes do you see when you start doing it then? So when you are, so I'm just trying to picture you starting the carnival diet. How many, how long did it take until you start seeing a difference or feeling of change? I felt better in two weeks. I mean, I reckon it's hard to recall now in retrospect. In 100 days, I was cured. In, in about two weeks, I noticed differences. And I think about six weeks in, I could start to sleep again. Because before that, I wasn't able to sleep, period. Like, I would get maybe one hour of sleep if I was lucky. And I would dope myself with uh, these, uh, what do you call it, antihistamines and phenergan. Mm -hmm drugs just to sleep because and these antihistamines have a side effect of making you drowsy so i'd be taking three a night just to fall asleep and i was doped up on drugs and it was just horrible and uh i i had it got to a point where i was had so much drugs in my system that my feet were swollen with edema just so much fluid retention and i was so unhealthy i was dying and at one point i was in the hospital with sepsis so there's just so much wrong. And I just said, this is no answer. I, I was, I wasn't sure what was going to happen to me. Like I thought I was going to die in five years and I just was, 
I wasn't counting down the days. I was trying to find a way to, to get out of it. Yeah. Which yeah, and, I found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, you are a true example of food is medicine. That's right. Which is exactly what Hippocrates said. I mean, if you look back into ancient medicine, which is Hippocrates, he's the first, one of the first renowned me medical doctors. And he said, all illness starts in the gut. Uh, and this is what exactly what Dr. Kiltz practitioners today and and he's criticized as a quack online oh, it's funny it? paul saladino and dr kills and john baker they're all like mocked but i mean and they showed they um, uh, what's his name dr sean baker he openly shows his results his test results his blood results yeah going on a carnival and it's like well he's shown the results so why is anyone still arguing about it i guess maybe i think people worry about the long-term uh, of this diet and what do you say to people who say things like that like okay yeah. it's sorting you out right now but as you get older things may change what do you think well, about I, I my my question then is what's the concern is the con because if i'm eating a lion diet there is a concern in the sense that i'm getting nutrient deficiencies i mean michaela peterson actually supplements her lion diet by eating uh vitamin c vitamin d potassium calcium and potassium, calcium, and there's one more. But anyway, she takes supplements in, in order to supplement those electrolytes that you just can't get from meat. And so I understand if you're just eating meat 24-7, there is a concern because you're not getting those electrolytes. Uh, even, even the Inuit tribes get to have some forms of fruit seasonally a quarter of the year. So where, did just, get, where did they get their fruit from then? Because Inuit tribes think, are from think, North, yeah, are North that, Pole. That's right. That? That's right. I, I've, from what I've read online, the Eskimos, they've had, they have berries which are available to them like in summer and spring. And so they still have some form of, of fruit. And so I'd say the most, and this is what Paul Saladino says as well, the most healthiest, health, healthiest diet you can have is the animal-based diet in his belief because it's your body striving as you have the fruits plus the organs and the, and the meat. Whereas vegetables, for example, has a lot of plant anti-nutrients, a lot of toxic chemicals in vegetables that is not actually as known by people. I mean, many people just think vegetables are great for you. Yeah, they have a lot of benefits, but don't be fooled thinking they don't come without side effects. They have toxins to stop you from eating it as a defense mechanism. You see, animals have a fight or flight, they can run away. But these vegetables, their way of stopping you from eating it is by poisoning you. Like take bro broccoli, for example, it has two chemicals, myrosinase and glucoraphanin, which are actually separated into two plant cell compartments. And they don't combine unless you eat it. So when you eat it, this, these, this, these um, compounds are called phytoalexins because what happens when you eat it, the cell walls are crushed and normally it doesn't form, it, it combines basically. These two chemicals combine to, to form sephorophane. And sephorophane is never formed unless it's being eaten because it's too toxic to survive in the broccoli itself, but it's created to, to poison you. And when you eat it, your gut becomes inflamed. And so that's exactly happening that's exactly what happens if I were to eat broccoli and many other people who eat broccoli. Thing is, most people can tolerate it because their immune system is not as sensitive as mine. But mine, my, the, the benefits I get from broccoli are just completely eclipsed by the toxins. And so there's no point in eating vegetables. 
So, I mean, I don't advocate the carnival diet to everyone. I think everyone doesn't need to be as drastic as I am. I'm, I'm talking to the people who don't have a solution anymore. Western medicine's failing them. They want something holistic that can heal them long term because Western medicine doesn't work for them long term. I mean, that you, tastes good as well. <laughs> what's that? Something that tastes good as well. Yeah, 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 you know. I mean, a lot of people just eat vegetables because they think they have to, because and then they get they they get accustomed to the taste. I mean, if you don't like the taste, you don't need to be eating vegetables. Period. <laughs> mm, yeah. You can get all the nutrients you need from organ meats and, and meat itself. Like people say, there's. I mean, if you're concerned about vitamin C, there's actually vitamin C in organs, um, on its own. Yeah. Um, I forget the actual level, but uh, there, there's more than enough. For, and people in who ancient sailors who were sail uh, in the Arctic, if they were low on vitamin C, they would actually like kill the penguin and eat the penguin because there's enough vitamin C inside the penguin to, to survive and prevent scurvy. Believe it or oh, not. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what was has the feedback been like since your video? Because I've been following it and it, it seems a bit polarizing. I saw a video recently oh, yeah. posted up. Like I think someone from Brazil saying like. Oh, don't don't follow this like you know this is crazy and then i've seen some of the comments as well so what kind of comments have you been receiving on that video yeah i mean i've get a, i've gotten gotten a whole i mean this is the whole thing about going viral you get a whole diversity of opinions and so from what i've heard there's a whole plethora of doctors trying to um debunk me <laughs> i mean i mean i understand it's like i'm a guy on the internet how yeah. do you offer proof that I'm not lying. Like, all I can say is I'm honestly not lying. I, I, I mean, the best proof I can offer you is that steroids, even, even when I was, I mean, like, there was always eczema my whole life. And there's just no way I could look this good on steroids. The, the medicines that Western medicine had to offer just couldn't get me to look this good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand how if I, if I was lying and I was still on medicines right now, there's just no way I could get to this level of health. Yeah, I mean, when I saw your video, when I saw your video, like I was happy for you that you got to that stage where you got rid of it. Like, and I feel like yeah. when the doctors see it, they're like, uh, like, you know, they're just probably, I mean, I'm like, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. this can't be right. <laughs> exactly. They said, they said to me when I, when I was 13, I actually went up to the doctor. I said, is there a cure for eczema? And the first thing he said is, you know, uh, if, if you're lucky, you might be able to outgrow eczema, but there is no cure. The best we can do is manage it with steroids. Mm. And so then that, that started a 23 year addiction to steroids. Yeah. Yeah. 13 years after I was 23. Amazing, man. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's crazy. What's a day like in like carnival then? Because for you right now? Well, for me, I mean, I don't eat until about 2 PM. So right now it's 4:20 PM. And I haven't eaten. I fast all the time. Uh, I, I'm, I so maximum I have two meals a day and minimum one meal a day. So I alternate between OMAD one meal a day and this 16 to eight fasting regime where I eat within an eight hour window and then the 16 hours I fast. And so there's a whole like diversity of opinions. Like I get these people saying online, no, you're getting it wrong. I mean, you, you don't need to, fast to activate this process called autophagy in your body with cellular cleansing where your body recycles old cells into new ones you don't need to fast to do that that's actually in the past um paul saladino even recognizes that now so there's a lot of debate I, actually i want to do more research into it because 
I, I've just gotten this information from Paul Saladino's book, which was published yeah. in 2019, and Dr. Kiltz and these people online says, if that's your only source of information, two doctors who are quacks, by the way, I mean, it's very easy to call them quacks, but it's their information that healed me in the first place. And so I trust them over standard doctors. Yeah. Um, but so, so anyway, that's, that's what I'm doing currently. I'm, I'm fasting in a 16 to eight, uh, cycle. And then within the eight hours, which after this podcast, I'll be having my first meal. I usually just, I usually just have meat most of the time with like one fruit on the side. What kind of fruit would that be then? So today I might have a coconut or tomorrow I might have an avocado and sometimes I mix it up. So instead of, so it's always meat, meat's always there. Um, but if I, if I want to have something else, I might have fish like salmon on the side. It's always something now on the side, but last year I was just eating meat like 95% of the time. And just to get my electrolytes because I didn't want to supplement like Michaela Peterson does. I, I didn't want to use the synthetic supplements. I just had avocado and coconut to supply those calcium, potassium, and that last electrolyte, which I can't remember. Magnesium. 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 One. Okay. Magnesium, cool. calcium, potassium is the ones you just don't get on carnivore and you need to supplement. And okay. so, yeah. So do you get like a magnesium spray? Do you get like a magnesium no, no, spray? No. Or? I, I don't like anything synthetic. On this, I mean, okay. I just, I just, I, you know, even eating minced beef, if it's sprayed with sulfur, I react. I'm that sensitive to everything. Like wow. every single thing in my house has been like just checked and examined. I, I, the dental floss, I don't, I don't, I, it says when the first, when I saw dental floss, it says waxed dental floss. I'm like, okay, what's okay. Waxed. I started to investigate if there's unwaxed dental floss, I use that. Toothpaste. Okay. It's consumed with fluoride. Okay. Yeah. I don't want fluoride. I just want standard yeah, toothpaste. There's none of that fluoride shit in my house. I just, it's just, you yeah. know, my kids are not touching that stuff, man. Mine, That's right. It's just, you know, why, why would I put something toxic in my mouth or my kid's mouth? Like why? It's horrible. It doesn't and most make people sense. are unaware. I mean, majority of European countries short of like the UK, Ireland and Spain have no fluoride in their water because it's, it's so bad for you that 50% of the fluoride never leaves your body. 99% is stored in your bones and your teeth. And then it causes a whole bunch of diseases like osteoporosis, arthritis, dental fluorosis, skeletal fluorosis, uh, joint bone pain, can, bone just, cancer. There's, there's a lot of yeah, joint issues. Hundreds. It's interesting. And yeah. when I, when I found out about that, um, and we were in the process of buying this house and i said and what i used to do my old flat um i used to get loads of bottles of water i know it's in plastic but at the time that's all i could do so i always i never got tap water i always got fresh uh bottle water yeah and yeah. mate it was just bottles and bottles every day and my wife was just <laughs> like how are we going to do this and then when we move into the new house and i was like well there's only one solution invest in a whole house water filter filtration system where it yeah. takes out the fluoride and all the rest of it and um you know when you're married and stuff you go make joint decisions and uh yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say it was more of a my decision and it was a lot of money like she was like you can spend that much money on just like a whole house water filtration system i was like this is what i want and this is what i'm gonna get so um it's just right here under the sink and quite lucky it literally filters the whole house even the shower as well so uh, wow is it a reverse osmosis system 
It isn't. Um, that was one that I did consider. Uh, the only reason I didn't get that one, I think it was just um, uh, convenience because busy and everything. So uh, it's one of those where it's like the three, it's got three um, carbon filters or something. And you just got to change it that way. So, um, you know, I did my research and I thought, you know what, right now, this is the best one for my house, but eventually I probably would get a reverse osmosis one. It's just convenience because just busy. You know, when you got kids and stuff. Well, I don't know if you have children. When you do have children and the family and, you know, our life admin right now, this is the best solution for me. So, uh, you know, for me, I'm just content that, you know, when my kids are having a shower and having a bath, that is fluoride free. And amazing. Of it. So Beautiful. Uh, there's loads of different types. It seems like there's loads of different types of carnival diets because um the other day i had a conversation and she's like oh what do you um we're talking about carnival and we're actually talking about your video i was actually showing it to them mm. and um they're like oh so uh so is it carnival is it lion diet and i was like lion diet mate i was like is, I, yeah, I, I, so I, many. I, I was like i i don't know the different types so i, I think I, I would like to ask you um what different types of carnival di diets are there yeah so straight away there's, there's the keto carnival lion diet animal based and basically, there's a lot of variation because the carnival diet doesn't work for everyone. For example, I'm allergic to eggs, I'm allergic to butter, cheese, and, and that's a lot of the carnival diet. So on the carnival diet, you're supposed to have fat to protein in a ratio of three to one, so 70% fat. And there's just no way I can get that amount of fat on by eating butter because I, I'm allergic to that. And so what I what the best I can do is opt for fattier cuts of meat. I mean, it's a gray area because Michaela Peterson talks about this too. She says she just eats meat. So how do you get 70% fat by just eating meat? So she just opts for the fattier cuts of meat, which is what I do too, like ribeyes, uh, lamb chops, and she even buys tallow and, and fat trimmings from the butcher, of which I do too. If rather than opt for the tallow, which is sometimes preserved, I like to get fresh fat trimmings from the butcher and just cook that and eat it. And is it always organic? Um, is it always organic? Always organic. Yeah. Always organic. I always, I, I go, I'm very selective in the meat that I'm eating from. So the source I have is actually mRNA free, uh, injected. And then, uh, wow. They're, is they're that, um, I, I, sorry, I heard that they're using mRNA on animals. So are they actually doing that in Australia right now? Not everywhere, but they are in some places. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I just didn't want to mess around with any, any, any opportunity for toxins of is course. just, I just, there's too much toxins being bombarded into my body. I, I just, until I'm like, right now I'd say I'm completely cured, but I'm getting stronger every day. I mean, I can tolerate more and more foods. And so I really just wanted to eliminate as many toxins as possible. There's too many question marks going on. So if there's a question mark, just like with fluoride, it's yeah, just like with fluoride, they say, you know, what's, what's the problem? I, I mean, you're helping your dental cavities, but you know, the, the people who were not, who are not fluoridating the water, the, the cavities are just exactly the same. And you can look at the charts online. So if there's any dilemma, if there's any like, um, ambiguity, why would you introduce more toxins? So that's exactly how I feel with the MRNA. It's like people might think, oh, you're just so, like, you're so sensitive to everything. You're, you're making sure everything's pure. Like, why not? People are sicker than ever. It's quite, yeah. a new, it's quite a new technology as well, isn't it? Well, really new technology. So we have no idea yeah. what's going to happen in a few years down the road. And, and you see, uh, this is, this is, 
you see people developing meat allergies recently. Oh, fuck like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was about to like, say, I mentioned um, that. Out of the blue. Just, that's <laughs> right. Out of the blue. And, and nothing's changed. Only thing's changed is these new mRNA vaccines going into the meat. So, and, and, and you know, it's funny. There's this video that's circulating that um, from uh, the World Economic Forum of this scientist. And he says, you know, it's very immoral to eat meat. And so people are not going to give up meat on their own because it's so tasty. And he says, what we need to do is we can actually scientifically engineer meat so that people become allergic to it. And so what we do is there's this natural uh, allergy to meat that you get if you have, uh, if you have encounter a tick and you get bitten by this tick. And so this Lone Star tick then uh, triggers this meat allergy, which you then develop, which then will stop people from eating meat. And then we can save the climate that way. I mean, there's a whole other can of worms. I mean, climate change and people blame meat eaters for climate change because of all the methane gas. If you actually look at white oak pastures, if you're eating grass fed beef like I am nonstop, you're actually sequestering 3.5 pounds of carbon per pound of meat at white oak pastures. So there's actually more carbon being sequestered into the land than you're releasing. And this, this is completely like, uh, like if you compare that to plant-based Beyond Burgers, like that has a net release of carbon dioxide. They can't compare to white oak pastures, pastures who are actually like sequestering 3.5 carbon per pound of meat. That's a carbon sink. So there's, you're actually saving the planet through regenerative agriculture. So, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Factory farming is horrible. It's not natural for the cows to be, I mean, if to be caught up in those factory farms. If you, if people look up biologist Alan Savory, it was a TED talk that went viral. He talks about regenerative agriculture and he talks about how if this is exactly what we see in the Serengeti, there's thousands and thousands of, of cows packed together. And if, if cows are actually causing climate change and the desert, desertification of the land, you would see the Serengeti just desert. But that's not the case. There's, there's so much grass and it's all thriving. It's because they're all, all the cows are sequestered. Uh, they're all packed together in these large packs because it, that's an evolutionary, how they uh, protect themselves, evolutionary wise, how they protect themselves from predators because they're safer if they're in packs because the people in the middle can't get attacked. And so they, they eat the grass and then they move on to the next land after they finished eating it. And then by the time they return, the grass is already regenerated. And so if you don't eat, it's such a long story, but if you, if you don't eat the grass, the actual grass oxidizes and then it withers and dies by itself, which, which is actually bad for the grass. You want, the grass actually wants to be eaten so that it's in a stress state and actually, actually grow faster. And so wow. cows and the grass actually work in symbiosis. That's yeah. exactly how evolution's worked for millennia. And yeah. we're obviously now placing these cows in factory farms, which is obviously not natural. And we're wondering why it's causing global warming and why methane has increased. Obviously we're not doing it right. We need yeah. to go back to how, uh, how, how natural evolution and how natural uh, the world was with yeah. just regenerative agriculture. Yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't just, know yeah. much about a climate change guy in, uh, in the world basically blaming on cow farts, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. We're planning on a methane gas and, uh, yeah. 
It's just crazy. I mean, I think I need to get someone on to speak on that because um, there's clearly a divide. I mean, there's a divide everywhere, like vegan, carnivore. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, a lot of vegans are saying, you know, we obviously need to go vegan because it's an ethical issue of climate change. I mean, the massive 40% of all trees are cut down. Uh, I believe that's the right statistic in, in uh, Brazil or in the Amazon because we're cutting it down for cattle farming. Thing is, majority of that is actually cut down in the production of soy to feed the cows. I mean, I don't I, like people criticize me being a carnivore. I actually don't eat any grain-fed or soy-fed um, meat because it inflames me. I'm always going for the grass-fed beef. Uh, I think that's the most natural way to farm. And if, if everything was grass-fed, you'd actually have that carbon sink, that sequestering of the carbon, and yeah. you'd be helping the earth. The problem is people say, oh, you can't have grass-fed beef everywhere. We don't have enough land for that. Well, that's not true. There's hundreds of thousands of acres, which is currently fallow because yeah. of monocropped plant agriculture, where you just have the same corn or the same uh, soy for thousands of kilometers. And that is the reason there's, there's not enough diversity in, in the plants. And so all of the, all of the actual land is dying and there's not enough, there's not enough nutrients for it to yeah. survive. And so the only way to actually regenerate that land is by putting cattle on there and having regenerative farms. And so it's actually really deep. If people are interested in this, I, I highly recommend people read the book, um, Dirt to Soil by Gabe Brown. Who has it called dirt, dirt, to, dirt to Soil? Dirt, yeah, Dirt to Soil by Gabe Brown, who's a, a farmer in North Dakota. And he just got me right into uh, regenerative agriculture. And there's another guy, Sam Harris, who was on Joe Rogan, he just recently released a book just now. Uh, Sean Baker just put up a photo on his Instagram saying he's keen to read the book. So many, and, and there's also another documentary Netflix, which was actually narrated by Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah. Called um, something, um, something, something related to the dirt. We'll I'll find it. it. I'll find it and I'll, I'll put it up uh, on, on here. When I think there's a book called The Sacred Cow. I think, was that by Sean Baker? I'm not sure. Okay, because I think maybe he basically was promoting it at the time. This was a while back. Just talking about exactly what you're talking about, how, like, you know, cows from this staff time basically have been made to basically regenerate the earth anyway from just grazing on yeah. grass and, you know, from basically shitting on the floor. And then it just, the nutrients go back in and it comes back That's out, right. isn't it? Right? Yeah. We're talking about a whole plethora of topics, but it's all the one thing, really. Yeah. It's like what we've done is in this industrial age of, technology and factories, um, like for, just for example, the glycophosphate in the soil. We've actually created this, our plants to be drug addicted to glycophosphate. And Gabe Brown talks about it so scientifically how we actually don't want to be giving the, so the soil glycophosphate because it's like a drug that makes them drug addicted to this, to this artificial thing that you're giving it. We, yeah. What you actually want is, is to enhance the, I hope I'm saying this right, microcrosal fungi in the actual soil. And what that does is, is it actually enhances the, uh, the actual, the, the glycophosphate, I forget the, the actual, it's been a while since I've read the book, but mm -hmm. the actual nutrients that the glycophosphate's um, providing artificially, you can create naturally through this microcrosal fungi underneath. And carbon's wow. a currency. This is why you want to, this is a current, like carbon's say bad for climate change in the, in the air 
but we want it under the ground because that's exactly what this fungi loves in order to grow and and it works in symbiosis uh, it's it's like giving that glycophosphate in exchange for carbon and it's yeah. producing it naturally and if there's any scientists who know this in depth i'm probably butchering this but basically there's a natural process of doing it versus mm -hmm. the uh, artificial process which is through giving it artificial uh, fertilizer and and it just depends on that so kind of that's exactly what happened with my skin too as a metaphor uh, my skin was drug addicted to steroids it couldn't actually create its own cortisol for itself what we, really, what we really need to get back to is just natural, holistic health. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah. It's like, we just got to take a step back. I understand that there's these companies earning billions of dollars from profiting off these drugs, but let's just take a step back because we're in charge whether we buy it or not. Let's just take a step back and just change our diets. And we're going to have to use all these drugs. Let's, let's create the cortisol for ourselves in our skin. Let's make the farms create its own glycophosphate from the soil using the mycorrhizal fungi and not have to rely on fertilizer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you talk about all these range of topics and you can, for me, you can tell, I can tell that you're passionate about it because of how much of a big difference it's made to your life. I think if, yeah. <laughs> sadly, I think if people, everyone went through the same situa situation you did, they may be the same, but I think the thing is because everyone's different and they don't have these, they don't have um, severe health problems. They might have some, um, they haven't gone out their way where they have to look into these topics and look what the best food is for them. And I think that's why you are very passionate. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's why you're very mm. passionate about meat yeah. and the carnivore diet and how, you know, potentially what, what we're seeing here right now is like they're trying to make meat unavailable for everyone basically that's right they're making, they're making fake meat for us to eat like exactly i saw on london they create uh ice cream out of plastic wow yeah like oh, and like he, he made a good point like ice cream isn't like a necessity isn't essential so why, why is it even being <laughs> looked into where you can recycle plastic and put it and make it into a food and it's like there's been tons of research about how microplastics is bad for us like it shouldn't be in our bodies it's interesting how you know the world is changing not for the better um yeah I, I wanted to ask you um how much do you spend eating a carnival diet because yeah, it, it sounds expensive. like to me is it because it sounds like to me if you're eating like one meal a day it could actually be doable yeah so that's that's one way around it i mean there's there's multiple hacks i mean that's one hack i mean it's actually great for you to fast and so by eating one or two meals a day you actually yeah, you're spending less, obviously. But then again, in that one meal, I'm still eating quite a lot. So, okay. I mean, you're so eating give me an example. All your calories. Give me an example, so example of one meal. Well, well, I eat in a day around one kilogram of meat. So that's like four steaks that are 250 grams each. And so, yeah, so in, in one meal, I might either have four steaks or two steaks wow. spread across two meals. So, yeah, I mean, it is fairly expensive and the way you can get a, a, around that, I mean, if you're not psychologically, um, what's the word, like traumatized is not the right word, but like if you're, if you're focused, you don't like, if you don't like organs, then I, it will be hard. But if you, if you're not phased, if you're not psychologically like phased by yeah. organs, it's very cheap. 
Did it and taste weird at the start? Did it taste weird at the start? Because when I started, oh, really? it, I was like, oh, this tastes a bit different. And then now it's got a different texture. Yeah, for me, in my, mean, for, for me in my head, it's like, if I know what the benefits are, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, I mean, if you eat brain, it's just, it, it tastes like egg. <laughs> um, I, I haven't eaten brain in a long time. I, I, I don't mind it. It's just not as, I mean, I like liver and I like heart. I, I think both of them taste great and kidneys too. Um, how do you eat? Do you, like fry, do you fry in onions or like, how do you no, eat no, it? I can't I eat know. onions, man. Okay. That's so only how, on the carnival diet. Okay. So, so how do you eat it? It has from an animal. Okay. So do you just eat it raw or do you cook it? So no, no, I, I cook it and I cook it with, uh, I cook it with beef, beef tallow. fat, beef trimmings, not tallow. I, I just like, the fat trimmings that I get from the butcher. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So did you incorporate other things while you were on this diet, when you were on your road to recovery? Did you do like sauna? Cause I, I noticed that. Yeah, did... that's right. Yeah. All the time. So there's many factors too. I wanted to holistically and completely heal myself. So before I found the carnival diet, I was oh, every day I was in the sauna. I was doing this cold water therapy. So I'm, I'm very, lucky to live 15 minutes away from the beach. And so every day I would go into the beach. I mean, in Melbourne, it's freezing all the time, even in summer, like you're lucky. Um, you have about like an eighth of the year where it's warm and the rest of the year it's just cold. So in the winter, it's about 11 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure how that converts to Fahrenheit, but in, in it's very cold in the water. And so I just did cold water therapy all the time. And I'd be using the sauna and then afterwards I'd go into the ocean and I you'd just read stories of people who had nerve damage and could barely walk and then they'd go into the ocean and then upon coming out of the ocean, they can suddenly walk again and for temporarily, like for the next hour, like yeah. the nerves would reset. And so these anecdotes reached to me and I was just like, wow, I need to, I need to try this because I could be able to reset my body in this way. And so that's why I started that. And, there's, I think there's many factors to healing. It's not just the carnival diet. I, if I stop going into the water for one day, I notice a massive difference. Like I try to go as much as I can these days. Cause I'm more busy. I go every second day, yeah. but if I, on the days I miss, I, I can't tolerate as many foods. I just, I'm, my skin's drier. And so it, I know it's making a huge difference. Like, the sauna and the ocean are just like rejuvenating. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Cause, um, I also noticed that you clearly work out. So were you doing that during the hundred days or were you always working out? Well, I was, I was always working out since 16, but I increased the amount I worked out purely because I was in such agony and I was itchy and it was a way I could channel my frustration and itch because I'd be lying in bed and I couldn't sleep. So I'd just be lying in bed. And then if I stay there, I'd start itching. So I said, you know what? I'm not even going to try to sleep because <laughs> I've, I've gone through this every night for the past two years and it's just lying there and you're not going to, you can, you can hope to sleep, but it's not really going to happen. So, you know, I wanted to, I you know, obviously frustrated and it's, it's just a horrible state of existence. So I'd take my anger out on the weights. I was like, you know what, if I'm itchy, at least I can, get a good physique in the process. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you training for? So uh, how long were you training for? What's your workout routine like? Yeah. So I train for about four times, like four times a week. 
And uh, like when I was really suffering, I was working out sometimes twice a day, every day. Like not twice a day, every day, but I was working out every day and sometimes twice a day because I'd just go straight to the exercise um, machines as soon as I felt itchy. Like okay. the moment I'm itchy and I want to start destroying my, because it's, it's really self-destructive and awful. Like, I don't want to horrify your viewers, but like, you know, you, I read, you read these stories about people who self mutilate and you, you know, it's graphic and you can see the people talking about the enjoyment they feel of like the blood licking out of your body. You're in a horrible state when you're in, when you have eczema. And sometimes the itch is not going to go away until the, the amount of blood leaving your body oh God. actually yeah. eclipses the pain. And so you just, you know, when it's horrible. I, and I'm sorry to be graphic, but when, when you're like bleeding out and, and it's, you know, it's, it's an awful topic, but there is a level of kind of, I'm not sure if it's dopamine, but there's actually a level of satisfaction when you're just full of covered in blood and, and just, and it's horrible. And that's exactly, I, you, you read these suicidal novels and I, I wasn't suicidal at all, but you read it. Mm. And when I was reading it and they, they felt such relief when the blood's been pouring out of them, sorry for the graphic description. I'm like, man, I can relate to that when I'm itchy because sometimes the itch is so insane. You can't just stop scratching until there's this blood everywhere. And wow. it's so self-destructive. And I said, you know, I can't go into that. I just have to push my mind and channel it some way. It's, I don't know how. So I just went straight to the gym and I just worked out. I said, this is, this is a positive way of dealing with this bullshit that I have to go through. Yeah. And what's your routine like? Uh, bodybuilding? Is it strength training? Is it five by five? Is it 10, three sets of 10? Like, I'm just curious. Five by five. I haven't heard that one before. Um, basically I'm just doing chest, uh, in like I have a day for every specific body part. So I, I do chest on one day, squats, um, back, shoulders and biceps and that's that's usually my routine okay cool 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 yeah. and then each uh, time i'm doing sit-ups each time oh nice nice and one of your many talents is singing and playing <laughs> the piano so uh tell me all about that then so did that start when you were young or yeah i um i've always loved music so my my parents on my dad's side are both pianists and my mum is filipino and everyone in the philippines sings that's not just a generalization, like they're amazing singers, like yeah. every single person. I'm like, how? Anyway, <laughs> it must be in the genes. But uh, so straight away, when I started playing the piano when I was seven, I just loved it. And then I started singing around 12 and been playing the piano and singing, teaching music. And so, yeah, it's just been a part of my life. That's amazing, man. And, and that you enjoy, like it must give you some oh, sort of like a, yeah. a good feeling. Like there's always a good energy when um, there's music involved, isn't there? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked, wicked. Right. So just a quick fire round now. So I'm going to give you some quick questions. I need some quick answers. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, favorite song to sing or perform? <laughs> quick answers. So <laughs> many, man. Uh, Goodbye, Elbic Road by Elton John. Uh, favorite type of red meat? Oh, ribeye. Easy. Advice you would give to your younger self? You can, don't feel like eczema is your downfall. One day, this is gonna, this is this is gonna turn your life around, and you will be so grateful for the suffering you went through because it made it makes every single day a blessing, knowing that you're completely cured. I mean, when I was young, I used to think, "Damn, I just want to be healed." I look at these kids around me; they can just take off their shirt and jump in the pool, and it's nothing to them. 
I mean, just putting on a sock is my, my skin is weeping all the time and putting on clothes, like just to take off my clothes, I'd have to reopen the wound because my skin is stuck to the clothes and I have to rip off my clothes and the skin would be ripped off in the same time. So I tell myself, you know, it, it will get better. I mean, you kind of have to go through this 20 years of suffering and dealing with Western medicine before you start to become disillusioned. And, you know, I wouldn't change the thing. I think it all happened in its, in its way that led me exactly to where I am now. And so it's a ride, I guess. There's nothing really I could say because everything happened exactly as it did and I wouldn't change the thing. Yeah, everything but, happens um, for a reason, right? Everything happens yeah, for a reason. That's right. Oh my, yeah. Uh, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Honey. <laughs> I love my raw honey. You know, I, I never eat like, I don't eat cake or anything shocking anymore. My my worst food that I eat is honey because it's, I mean, obviously it's full of sugar and carbohydrates. So if I eat that, I, I can straight away, a few hours after I notice I, I get a bit inflamed, but yeah. it's, not as, it's not as severe as cake, obviously, and all of those processed foods, but I can take it because Paul Saladino actually recommends if you're on a carnival diet and you still have cramps, eat honey because it relieves the cramps and you will get cramps. I, I got cramps and honey just alleviates that. But yeah, it's so beautiful. That's my okay. pleasure. Do you have any treat meals? I like, I don't treat, like treat, treat meals or treat meals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> treat meals or a cheat meal? Treat meals. Yeah, a do you have meal. any? Um, not really. I mean, a cheat meals to me is fruit. Fruit and honey. Those are my cheat meals. Like people say, man, that's supposed <laughs> to be healthy. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Those wow. are cheat meals. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Well, how were you in before the um, the carnival diet started? What was your diet like before? Because we don't actually speak about that. I know you before mentioned... I say that, um, if you, you know, like people say, how do you survive on just a small subset of food? Like, how do you survive yeah. with that? Do you, I mean, does the dopamine go and you have to retrain yourself just to like eat your small subset and learn to love it? I mean, you know, if you were, if you actually like cook bananas, it tastes amazing. It tastes just like cake. I mean, and I understand like there's, there's a level of sadness when you go past the bakery and, and you uh, smell the beautiful smell of bread and it's like, Oh, I wish I could eat that. But it's two minutes of satisfaction and then a week of suffering. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not talking to everyone here. I'm talking to the specific people who suffer from an autoimmune disease, like Michaela Peterson had arthritis, people out there who have eczema, I'm talking to them. It's not worth it. And you will learn to, to love the small sub subset of food. Like I, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't want to go back to cake at this point. I actually, everything I'm eating, I'm happy with. And I, and um, cooked banana tastes just like cake. I'm not missing out on anything. So do you guys, have, do you guys, do you have plantain then? Do I have plant? Sorry. A uh, plantain, which is basically like a, a type of banana where you actually can cook it. Do you have that? Or do you actually just cook a banana? Oh, no, no. I, I, I have like, I, I've, I have eaten them in the past, but not anymore. I mean, okay. a lot of the preserved cooked bananas like can be sprayed with preservatives and I, I don't want to, I like to go organic all the time. So I just, okay. I just cook a banana. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Cool. People who want to start carnival, what would your best advice be? Okay. So people often start carnivore and then think that they have to follow the carnival rules, like, 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 like gospel. And yeah. you have to have, you have to have all these butter and egg and, and, and cheese. The thing is every single person's body is different. 
I don't actually follow a strict carnivore diet. I'm more animal based today because I can't handle those cheese and, and butter and, and cream. And so it might not be working for you because you're not tailoring the diet to suit you. Everyone's different. You actually have to tailor it to suit you. And so, like, as I said earlier, I don't want to have, I, I can't get 70% fat. And so that's why I increase my carbohydrates by having some fruits like avocado and coconut across my journey that provide me the electrolytes that I don't want to use in supplements like Carol Peterson does. Cool. So tailor the diet to what you want to, to your body, really listen to your body. It's, it's invaluable. I mean, sometimes it's really hard because Michaela Peterson said she'd be eating something and a week later, the flare would happen. Yeah. You know, it's hard to tell what is the cause if it's not immediate. Fortunately mm. for me, like my reactions within the next hour to two hours. So I know exactly what's causing the inflammation. Yeah. It's know your body, right? Know exactly yeah, how your body yeah. works. And you have to be really scientific with it as well. Don't complicate your meals. Have one meal. For example, I have or maximum three meals. Like for example, I would just be eating meat all the time. And if I really wanted a side, I'd have one fruit. That way I could deduct really easily what was causing the inflammation. For example, I knew exactly how much I reacted when the steak I ate at the store was accidentally cooked in butter because I haven't eaten butter for so long. I just flared up and I know I'm not allergic to meat. So therefore it must be the butter. Yeah. So you know exactly what you're doing because you're isolating your meals scientifically. Yeah, definitely. And what I've noticed recently myself, my own experience is um, eating out is kind of a no-no because like I've been to in the back of some restaurants and they're using like genetically modified soybean oh, yeah. oil, soybean oh. oil in the UK. And like, um, it's interesting because when I'm looking into GMOs and stuff like that, like it all seemed to happen in America, but it's already creeping in in the uk i don't know about australia but like in the uk like i've seen signs in london where they said oh we do not use gmo soybean oil i'm like bloody hell like okay there's actually signs people actually talking about it and then, like i said i've been into the back of a restaurant and there's like a big tub because it's cheap isn't it it's cheaper like, it's expensive to be healthy yeah it i is. mean water it filters is. cost like five thousand dollars and just all the meat and yeah. to be healthy it costs a lot of money and most people can't afford it and that's why most people fortunately getting sick but at the same time i feel like for me it's an opportunity for like for example um yeah it's going to be a bit more expensive but for me it's an opportunity to find a better job to get a better living to have a better life you're right last one if your life well, actually before before you before you ask me i just want to talk about just quickly about eating out because that's another thing michaela peterson doesn't eat out yeah. so initially i'd never eat out because it's just too risky people would be cooking with seed oils yeah. But these days my body can actually tolerate it. So what I do is I, I just go to, I ask to cook the meals with no seed oils. And I love going to Korean barbecues because they cook it in front of you. You can see exactly what they're doing. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that's a, that is a good hat. That is a good hat. Uh, if your life was a movie, what would you call it? I, I'm not sure, but this is all that's coming to my head because go I'm on. writing my book right now. So I'll just be calling yeah. it, I cured my eczema. <laughs> Amazing. Because it's because it's incurable. You can't cure it according to Western medicine. And what does health mean to you? Short answer is health is everything. But the, the long answer would be, I can actually do things now. For three years, I was just stuck in my bed and I was unable to move. Like, I'd just to look over at the sunrise in the morning, I'd have to turn my head, and by doing that, all my neck would start bleeding. So. 
yeah, I, I'm, I, you just have your whole life given back to you. And the fortunate thing is I'm young enough that I can, I still have, I, I can still pursue the careers I dreamed of. You know, I, I've gone from having nothing, thinking I was just going to wither and die alone <laughs> to having every single possibility given back to me in my, while still in my twenties. So health is everything. Never take it for granted. You know, people take it for granted so much. And then by the time their thirties, when they hit the thirties, their joints start to get a bit stiff and they think, Oh, I can't eat the foods as much as I used to. I mean, that's not normal. People just normalize that. That's not normal at all. Your, yeah. your diet is crap. You need to fix your diet and you'll notice, I mean, look at Sean Baker. He's, he broke a world, world record when, um, after his forties. He looks like, amazing. Yeah, that's right. The, row, the rowing world record, I believe, he broke. And he attributes that to his carnival diet. Wow. Wow. And another, another common misconception I find is people think that when you get old, that means you shouldn't be able to walk up the stairs. You should be on a, have a walking stick. But actually, that's just down to diet and exercise. Like, you sh we should be exactly. able to walk. We should be able to climb trees and all the rest of it like it's a very big common misconception that i find um but i think hopefully with um people like yourself and people who are into wellness and health that that's going to change what's going to happen next for you now then after this call what's what's life like for you uh, i know you're talking about uh, you're going to you're starting on your own novel so is this novel about yourself yeah. or what, what is it about well it's, it's a whole bunch of things um I'm, I'm talking about the steps that i did to heal myself and the first thing is i understand that everyone's different and so what I hope they take from it, it's not, you don't have to follow it step by step exactly what I did because it might not work. What, and of course I'm not a doctor, this is not medical advice at all. What I'm offering is an example, like a template of how I healed myself so that you can take some of the stuff I did and apply it to yourself. And it's also proof that it's possible because I, I really do believe, like I've got a delusional quality about me that I, I believe that I, I never believed that I was going to be stuck with my eczema permanently. I, I actually, throughout the whole process, what kept me sane and buoyant and not sinking into, into depression, because it's very easy for people like 44%, if you have eczema, you're 44% more likely to think about suicide ideation and 36% more likely to kill yourself. Wow. And so, because it's just horrible, it's a horrible state of existence. And so, it was very, it's very easy to succumb to that. And, and there was a period of time where I was thinking like, yeah, this life is horrible and I'm not sure what's going to happen to me. I mean, right now my parents are looking after me, but soon they're in their sixties, they're in their sixties. So, I mean, in 10 to 20 years, they're not going to be around to even help me enough to start what, paying money for a maid or something. I, was like, I don't understand what's going to happen to me. Um, my quality of life was so low that I wasn't, I was never suicidal. Um, but I was, I was thinking like the quality of life is awful that sometimes I would consider life's not worth living, even though I loved life, I loved life, but I said, the quality of life is just so low. But what happened was I actually had a huge car accident where I almost lost my life and my dad was driving at the time. Wow. And I could, I go into the actual details of this car accident vividly in the book. And if you're, if you're interested in the story, um, I've got videos as well on my Instagram where I talk about it. Um, it was a shocking car accident. Um, my dad was actually unconscious at the wheel and his foot was still on the accelerator. So I started driving down and, and we were just accelerating off the road and I was driving up a hill and I had oh to, I had a flashback. 
Yeah. I had a flashback to when I was uh, eight and my dad was telling me, like, it was really surreal. Like, I could see it in my head, like, playing like a movie. And, and he, he was saying to me, like, like um, in Star Wars, when he says, use the force, Luke, like, it just appeared vividly in my head. Um, there was memory where he said, if I ever have, if I ever have a heart attack while I'm driving, put the handbrake, pull the handbrake up and put the car into neutral. And so that's like the first thing that came into my head. And I did that and that I was able to stop the car, but it was, it was still traveling. It was, it was still traveling and I wasn't able to stop it in time before it hit another car. But the impact of the second collision was not strong enough to be fatal. And so the airbags went off and, and there was a huge force just like oh, being no. punched by God or the universe. And it was just, oh, it's intense. And I, yeah. I could hear myself screaming from like oh, another gosh. dimension. Like you could hear yourself saying, oh my God, like my voice yeah. was coming from a cylinder from another world. Um, really surreal experience. And then I remember standing up. And the most magical thing about that experience is I had not a single scratch on my body beyond the expert I already had. Like my dad's sternum completely broke in half and that was because the seatbelt worked. I mean, there's so many details to that story. I remember standing up and then thinking, oh, I remember thinking like when I was sitting in the seat, like I'm gonna open the door now and I don't know whether I can stand or not. And so the first thing, like this next two, three, four seconds will determine the outlook of the rest of my life, whether I'm a paraplegic or not. I mean, life's already horrible, but now it's gonna, now I've kind of, I, I indulged in that fantasy of life's not worth living. Now you're, you're, you've got it answered because life's going to be really horrible. Like, great. So I, I stood up and I said, wow, it's, it's almost miraculous. I have nothing wrong with me. Wow. Um, Amazing. And Amazing. Yeah. It's like you know, I've got another purpose in life now. Kind that's of thing. exactly right. I, I, I've always been somewhat spiritual. And then like my, I grew up like an atheist because my dad's a strong atheist. My mom's Christian. But like, it was actually before that experience, I started delving more and more into spirituality. But at that point, like people were saying to me, like, you were saved, like angels saved you on that day. And I actually, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying that it's, it's a massive pivoting moment in my life where I went from thinking life's not worth living to yeah. thinking I'm going to fight every day. And I actually love the small amount of life I have, even if the quality is horrible, even if I can't move. I'm, I'm grateful for seeing the sunrise in the morning and I can turn my head, even though it's bleeding when I turn to look at it, yeah. I'm grateful. I can see that sunrise and I'm living that's, for that. So that's the difference. That's um, amazing. And it, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I can't, I'm looking forward to reading that in your book once it's ready. <laughs> yeah. uh, so where can the listeners reach out to you or find you? The place I'm most interactive with my listeners, uh, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what, what's that called? Official. Bradley Marshall, um, Marshall. Yeah, Bradley Marshall official. Okay, fantastic. So apart from that, I do have a TikTok and I do have a YouTube, but I post the most content on my Instagram. Okay, that's brilliant. Right, Bradley, mate, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing talk. Um, as I said earlier, uh, I'm not an advocate for um, carnival, but... It's okay, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, 
you know, I don't see where people can disagree about specific topics, cannot have a chat and speak about their own experiences, because like you said, this is your experience and this works yeah. for you. And you, you you said yourself, this it, it doesn't mean it works for everyone, but this is your experience yeah. and it's made some wonders for you. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, man. Uh, I can't wait to put this up on my Instagram and YouTube and uh, I'll send you all the links and everything. Yeah, and this has been worth. Um, you are my third Australian guest, and do you know what's strange? Every time I speak to someone from Australia, like yourself, through Instagram and for a podcast, like I always end up speaking to an Australian in England. You, say, you always end up speaking uh, to what? speak speaking to an Australian in England oh, well, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. the same week. I don't, it's just the universe how it works, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, can I just say, um, a lot of people are very ideological with their diets. I mean, I mean, you see it. I have many vegan friends, but you, it's often generalized by a lot of vegans can be very ideological. Same with carnivores. A lot of carnivores can be very ideological. I'm not like you say, I'm, you know, you're not necessarily a carnivore practitioner. Like that's fine. Like I don't, I don't yeah. endorse the carnivore diet as everything. Like I'm yeah. not ideological like that. I, I just think this, I'm just saying this is what worked for me. Exactly. Uh, I don't think it may work for everyone. I know some people who have intense um, either allergies or aversions to meat and it may not work for you. I know people who have healed themselves on vegan diets. The thing is for me, vegan diets never worked for me because I was always allergic to legumes and nuts and all beans, uh, flavonoids, so many vegetables I was allergic to that I could just not get the amount of protein from a plant-based diet. And so it was always off the tables. And even my sister tried a vegan diet for, I forget how long, maybe a year or so. And she said she's never been as sick as she was on that diet. That doesn't wow. mean it, that doesn't mean it's, that's the case for everyone. It's yeah. just, it means that the genes in my family, like we're blood type O, we don't thrive on a plant-based diet. We thrive on a carnivore ancestral diet. That's what I like to call it yeah. versus, I like to call it animal-based ancestral because I'm mimicking what our ancestors ate for two years, to two million years, sorry, yeah. for two million years. I'm, I'm mimicking that. I'm, I'm not trying to be ideologi ideologically based. I'm just, yeah. I just recognize that there's a lot of bullshit foods out there that have been invented in the last hundred years and autism rates have been increasing like this. Uh, in 2028, it's estimated that it'll be one in seven when in the, I forget, in the 1950s, it was like one in 500. Uh, I, I put a graph of that on my story just recently and it's just going I've up like this exponentially. So I've yeah, it. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. autoimmune, it's one in five and, and the statistics of cancer is, uh, I, I believe it's one in two across your people whole lifetime. Uh, I've got to double check that, but it's just soaring. Uh, yeah. The actual rate of autoimmune diseases are soaring. And so as Paul Saladino says in his carnival code, he says something I, I if, uh, if you, he says, he actually says an, uh, like a, a memory of his, of his past. It's like, if you've lost something, try to remember when was the last time you, like you've seen it. That's what his mum mm. used to tell him. And so it's kind of the same with diet. Like if yeah. we would be sick right now, what was the last, when, when, when were we last healthy? And so we were last healthy when we didn't have all this bullshit in our systems because we're eating all this GMO new right. invented seed oils that are just crap. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that's why I advocate an ancestral diet. I'm, I'm really not ideological at all. If it stopped working for me tomorrow, I'd stop endorsing exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly.
That's brilliant, mate. That's brilliant. Right, I've got to go because I got my kids waking up now. So uh, and okay, it's like yeah, yeah. seven seven a.m. now, and they wake up really early on a Sunday. Oh, <laughs> cheers, brother. Did you? Oh, you must have started this podcast at five a.m. Five a.m. Yeah, yeah, mate. Don't worry. It's uh, it's been. I, I wouldn't wake up if I didn't think it was worth it. So uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, mate. All right. Have a good day, man. Sorry, to, sorry to keep you waiting at the start. It was, it was lovely right. to meet you. Omar. Yeah. Likewise. Omar, like, right? Omar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Lovely I'll, to meet we'll you. Stay in, t- stay in touch, man, over social media. I'll stay in and all touch. Of it. All right. Take all care. Right, see ya. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.